The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Let's see. Uh, it's good to be back here, and thank you. Pastor Smith and uh, church family for inviting us back. Uh, we, we love being here, and uh, we enjoy the fellowship that we have here. Thank you so much for your prayers and for your support. Uh, it, it's good to be here, and I'm really uh, thankful um, for the freedoms that we, we still do have in America. And, you know, I want to ask a question before we, we go in prayer. Um, as, we, as we look at the New Testament, and we look at uh, many of the human authors that God used to write the New Testament, whether it be Paul or Peter or John, uh, do you really think that any of them would ever imagine that there would be a country like America? Um, can you think of any, uh, in Bible history, any government, any kingdom that were friendly to Bible believers? Um, maybe perhaps, maybe in King David's day, perhaps? Uh, maybe under Solomon, uh, before he, well, we know what happened to Solomon, I'm not going to go into all the details. Um, but there probably weren't a, a lot of nations or countries or lands where uh, biblical Christianity was welcomed and, and supported by, by any form of government. And so, um, it, you know, I could spend time complaining about some of the changes, but we, we, we really ought to still praise the Lord that we still have the, some of the freedoms that we still have in our country. Amen? But we really should. And, uh, but let's look to, look to the Lord in prayer, and we'll get into our study in the Word of God this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord. Uh, for the freedoms and liberties that we do uh, still have in this country. Lord, to openly worship. I thank you, Lord, that we can still have Berean Baptist Church uh, sign uh, out there um, in, the, in the parking lot to welcome people to come here. If they want to worship the Lord, if they want to study the Bible, if they want to pray. Lord, I know there are many, many other places around the world where we could not do this. And so we, we thank you, Lord, uh, that we have these uh, liberties that, that we, we've enjoyed for many, many years. Father, I know there are a lot of changes, and we would probably would agree that there are not good changes as happening even in this country. And we do pray for the president, we pray for the governor here in California. We thank you that your word says that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Lord, you can harden Pharaoh's heart, or you can change hearts like you did with Nebuchadnezzar. And God, we pray that you would change their hearts, that they will not continue to impose laws that's more anti-Christ and anti-Bible. And Lord, we pray for China. We're working President Xi's heart. Different leaders in the provinces there, and even the mayor of Beijing. Lord, may they see that those who follow a literal interpretation of the Bible are not a threat to government, because we know that we ought to honor the powers that be, because we know they're ordained of God. Father, we pray this morning that you would work in our hearts. 
Lord, your word says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we pray that we will not quench or grieve thy Holy Spirit. That, as the scripture says, today, if we will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the day of provocation. And Lord, may we have softened hearts, willing to receive your word. And I pray that the spirit of the living God, you'd help us to rightly divide the word of truth. That we would indeed be unashamed, approved before God, that we would be workmen, that we would be doers, not just hearers. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you could please turn to Daniel chapter 1, Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, I'm looking at the clock back there. Daniel chapter 1. Actually, all throughout the day will we'll be in the book of Daniel. Daniel 1, if we look at Daniel 1, do we know the, the Hebrew meaning of the word Daniel? What does Daniel mean? Does anyone know what Daniel means? Yes, thank you. God is my judge. And I, you know, I'm thankful for this wonderful truth. Because when all is said and done, there's not one person that's going to stand before the Supreme Court justices of America who blatantly redefined what marriage is and has always been, we're going to stand before God who is our judge. And we praise the Lord, he's our savior. And we praise the Lord that as he is our judge, he's a gracious, merciful judge, and we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. But we do realize that as we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, he will not judge us for our sins, because if we did, we would have absolutely no hope. But we're looking forward to the blessed hope, aren't we, of his, of his return. Or well, at least he's not going to touch the earth. We're going to meet him in the air. <clears throat> but it's to determine rewards, these different crowns. But God is my judge, Daniel. Daniel chapter 1. <clears throat> and we'll, we'll look at uh, verse number 1. Before we begin reading, uh, when we think of the word, uh, if I, if I uh, mention the word compromise, when you think of the word compromise, what thoughts come to your mind when you think of the word compromise? Holding back. Okay, holding back. And the, the connotation, is it positive or negative? Okay, some may say positive, some may say negative. Okay, um, now... Before we define positive or negative, why do, why do people compromise? Or why do, why do sometimes, why do we compromise? And uh, sometimes when you do compromise, you're, you're try, you mention peace. You want to satisfy both sides as well. Is that right? And times. <clears throat> um, there's a statement in the scripture. I know we're in Daniel. You don't have to turn there. Uh, this may be familiar. In Matthew chapter 6, <clears throat> verse number 24, um, there's a verse that tells us <clears throat> clearly that no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You know, there are some churches, they would, sometimes they would compromise, uh, maybe in, in a sense they would compromise their, their music standards, especially for the youth. They think, hey, this... This old-fashioned music that we have in church, it's a little bit boring, so they decide to compromise so that it's more, mm, people like it because it's more appealing to the flesh, if you understand what I'm saying here. 
So let's have music that's more secular in nature, uh, a heavier backbeat, if you will, background music, so you, know, you feel like you want to dance around okay, and shout. And um, so th- there might be um, that compromise. But uh, you know, sometimes we need to be careful because you know, uh, we, we want to please the Lord. Amen? I think that, that's the main thing. We, we want to we please the Lord. And uh, so, um, so sometimes we need to be careful. You know, it, sometimes you can't always please both sides. I mean, we're in election year, are we not? And, you know, you're not going to please both sides. And now there's, there's, you know, there's even maybe more. They want to have a third party. And I'm not going to get on all that. But you're not going to please everybody. Uh, so we need to make a decision here. And so sometimes compromise could be good, but a lot of times maybe it could be also negative as well. Um, as we get to Daniel chapter 1 here, uh, we, we look at verse number 1 through verse number 4. It says here, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Aspenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored, and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Now you see uh, here... Uh, Babylon, they had besieged, they surrounded to take over Jerusalem. And it's okay to, to participate. I like this participation here. What, the, what, did, they, what did Nebuchadnezzar do? They, they took over Jerusalem there, and, and then what did they do next? They took the children, and as he took over, there's, there's spoils in war. You want to take some of the possessions? And they took some of the furniture there in, in the house of God. And then they took the children. What kind of children did they take? They, they, t- they took the best ones. And as they took, they took the best ones there, what did they want to do with them? Thank you. They, they wanted to brainwash them. And, and how does this process work? I'm not going to get into what's happening maybe in the public school systems here. But, um, but they're, they're, you know, they're, they're trying to socialize them. They're trying to brainwash them. And you see a process here. They, they took him, verse 4, it gets, it's, there's a, there's, it's systematic. They, they, uh, and the purpose here, they want them to be able to stay in the king's palace. And they begin teaching, uh, teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. So one of the first things is, hey, let's, they need to learn a new language. Now, I'm thankful when I went to China, my parents were from Hong Kong, they spoke a different dialect, they spoke Cantonese. But when I went to China, mainland China, I wasn't forced to speak Chinese. I'm glad it was, I got to choose to speak Mandarin there. But this was, they didn't have a choice. They went, this was, they weren't going there as missionaries. They say, all right, we get to lead to let's go to Babylon, we're going to be missionaries here, let's learn the language. We need to speak the, the Chaldean language so that they could know Jehovah God, they could know the Lord, they could get to know Adonai. But it wasn't their choice, was it? It was forced upon them. You need to learn Chaldean. So they had to learn the tongue of the Babylonians. And then look at verse number 5. And the king appointed them a daily provisions of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years 
And what's the purpose? That at the end thereof, the end of these three years, they might stand before the king. As you say, Babylonians, a, a new loyalty. If they're saying, I'm patriotic, I'm patriotic not to Israel or Judah, I'm patriotic to Babylon. And so they wanted uh, the, t- the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans, verse 4, and then the, so now they're changing what else? Are they changing here? They're changing now their diet. Uh-oh. Their, their lifestyle. And this is a, a, a major thing to consider because, I mean, we need to eat to survive. And some of us, we, we love to eat, not to survive. We just like it because it's enjoyable, right? And, you know, we eat at least three meals a day. Some of us might eat a fourth meal called snack time. And, you know, but can you imagine, I mean, you're changing your diet. This is breakfast, lunch, snack time, and then dinner. And you might add a fifth meal because we want to add dessert. And so, I mean, now we're changing their, their diet here. It didn't end there. Look at verse number six. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Messiah, or Mesiel, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Sadrach, and to Mesiel of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. So what else did they do here? They changed their names. How would you like that? Now, my English name is Radford, and I'll, I'll just, <clears throat> um, just explain it. There is no Chinese equivalent to Radford. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't transfer, you don't translate R-A-D-F-O-R-D and make a Chinese name of it. But of course, my, my parents being from Hong Kong, they already gave me a Chinese name. So my Chinese name, my parents gave it to me. It, it wasn't a communist a leader in China that gave me my Chinese name. My parents gave me my Chinese name. So when I went to China, I, already, I could already tell them, hey, this is my Chinese name. My parents gave it to me. It wasn't given to me by a, a communist leader there that wanted to socialize me. But as they changed their names, and you know, time's not going to allow me to give every detail, so please you know, forgive me for this. But we know that Daniel, Daniel means God is my judge. Do we know the other, his friends, the Hebrew names there? Do we, what, what does Hananiah mean? Hananiah means whom Jehovah hath favored. Whom the Lord has favored. That's Hananiah. And then what about Mishael? Does anyone know the Hebrew meaning of his name? It's who is what God is, or in other words, who is comparable to God. That was, that was his, uh, the meaning of his name. And then you have Azariah. What does Azariah mean? Azariah, the meaning of Azariah is whom Jehovah helps. So they have a lot of godly meaning behind their name. And they change it to these Babylonian names that have everything to do with their false gods and their way of life. But, you know, it's interesting. You look, when you look, get to verse number 8. When you get to verse number 8 here, here in verse number 8, now I mentioned that word compromise. Don't, don't lose that word, compromise. Okay? When we get to verse number 8, you see here it says, but, which what everything you hear, there's going to be, uh-oh, we're going to, there's going to be a contradiction here to the first part, right? But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, why, uh, I, I forgot this one portion, why was there a prince of the eunuchs uh, 
why was he appointed to say, hey, you're in charge here to socialize, to brainwash? Why, why was it the prince of the eunuchs? What, what else might have happened? We could maybe, you know, um, surmise from this. What, what, do you think, what do you think happened? Did, 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 did Daniel become a eunuch? Was, was that a, can we, is, there, is that the, the inference here? Um, I, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure here. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've looked at different commentaries, studied it out. I mean, but, but why did they put the priest of the eunuchs in, in charge of Daniel? And, and he was the one who gave them their, their new Babylonian names. Because you well trusted. Uh, but you don't think that they're going to do something to them physically? No? I, I, I believe that that's, that that's a good point. That's a good possibility. It's also to further humiliate them. I mean, they're not going to have their own offsprings. Um, so I think it's a possibility here. The scripture doesn't give the rest of the details of the rest of the story. Uh, so, but here, Daniel, of everything that's happened to Daniel, he, there's one area where he would not compromise. It was his diet. He says, you can give me a Babylonian name. He didn't oppose to that. But when it came to his diet, he says, I will purpose in my heart, I'm not going to defile myself. Now, why is this? Why is this diet so important? Because any missionary, when they go to the field, um, they're going to have to change their diet a little bit, aren't they? Because how will you be able to eat with the, the nationals there in whatever country God's called them to? They're going to need to change what they eat. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I think it's good to try to eat as healthy as possible. If you get organic, get organic. If you can look at labels as non-GMO, you know, praise the Lord for those, those products that you can have. But you know, when you go to different mission fields, you know, I, I talked to a veteran missionary who's retired now. He was in, in Papua New Guinea for a while. And in Papua New Guinea, it was very difficult to find grapes there. And so when they had the Lord's Supper, I forgot what they used. They didn't use grape juice. And he thought that was a compromise. He says, that's not the fruit of the vine. And I, I, but, you know, now you can get things imported. So this, if we could get to the imported store somewhere, a little bit into the, in the city, and we're going to buy grape juice. But some of the natives and some of the other missionaries, they compromised. I don't know. I forget what they used. But, you know, when you're living out there in Papua New Guinea, he, he would eat some bugs. You know, that's the way that you, you build a rapport with some of the, the nationals there. You know, we're not there to bring our Western way of life there. Right? And so, hey, if you need to learn how to use chopsticks, guess what? Use chopsticks or whatever utensils they use. But here, when, when we get to this point here, this, uh, Daniel says, um, no, this is not the same thing here. And why did he refuse? I mean, what was the diet here? Who's going to be fed? Uh, let's see, what does it say here? In uh, verse number five, and the king appointed them daily provision of the king's meat. Wow. I, mean, I don't know what the governor of California eats. I don't know what President Obama eats. I don't know what President Xi eats in, in China. But why would he refuse that? And why, why is this important? That had to be kosher. That was a lot. It was separation. And where do we find this? Uh, turn briefly with, uh, if you will, with me to Leviticus chapter eleven. Leviticus eleven. Leviticus eleven. Leviticus chapter eleven. They said, "Hey, you could teach me." And you know, as we get to Leviticus eleven, let me mention a few things. Um, I don't know what holidays they had in Babylon. You know, if you're a missionary, really, you go you go to China, and there's a lot of Chinese holidays. 
And you go, there's some Chinese holidays, you know, they eat different things for the holiday. I know we just had Independence Day and we ate, we ate well. It's a tradition to have a barbecue, right? Did we have a good time? You know, I don't know if some of you watched a hot dog eating contest. I don't, I don't care to watch that. But, you know, but, you know, you have different holidays and, you know, Thanksgiving time, what do we eat? Turkey, you know, I mean, there's, there's nothing in the Bible that says you can't have turkey, okay? So there's nothing wrong with that. And there's, there's different Chinese holidays, and there's different things that you eat during those holidays, okay? So I don't know what the Babylonian holidays were, were, were like. I don't know what they did. You know, some holidays you, you shoot off fireworks, firecrackers. And so, but there was a point where they said, you know, enough is enough. You want to change my diet, and I will not change my diet. Okay, I will not compromise because the law of God was very clear here. Okay, so where the law of God is clear, we who love the Lord, we should not compromise. Amen? And so, in Leviticus chapter 11, now we are not Jewish, I know we know this. Okay, but there are some things that still apply to us in the New Testament age. In Leviticus, look at me to verse number 44. Leviticus chapter 11, verse number 44. And it says here, For I am the Lord your God, ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, set yourselves apart, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourselves with any manner of creeping things that creepeth upon the earth. For I am the Lord that bringeth you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. That's also mentioned in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. We're familiar with this, right? Be ye holy, for I am holy. Now how can we be holy? And how were the Jews expected to be holy? It was to be a little bit separated. And part of that separation, if you look in Leviticus chapter 1, look at the first three verses. Leviticus, I'm sorry, Leviticus 11. We'll see on 11. Leviticus 11. Leviticus 11, verses 1 through 3. And the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron, saying unto them, Speak ye unto the children of Israel, saying, These are the beasts which ye shall do what? Eat among all the beasts that are on the earth, and then it gives some, some instructions here, doesn't it? So their, their diet was very clear how we were supposed to be very different from the heathen, from the Gentile nations. That's how we can tell that, hey, we are separate unto the Lord. And so Daniel, he's, it wasn't the modern day aspect of New Testament missions. Hey, you go to a field and hey, you, you learn to eat whatever they're eating there. And besides, they weren't even missionaries. They were, heck, they were captives. They were taking it against their own free will. To be brought into Babylon. Now let's go back for a moment to Daniel 1. Daniel 1. I'm thinking of the time here. Daniel chapter 1. <clears throat> Daniel didn't compromise. He, he purposed in his heart. He was determined. He says, I'm not going to eat the portion of the king's meat. He did not want to defile himself. And even as believers, um, I think there are some things that we, we know that we shouldn't take into our bodies. Um, whether it's drugs, whether it's uh, even this, this whole idea of, of abstinence from, from alcohol. You know, the scriptures just say um, that be ye not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And most of, uh, you know, I don't know by experience, but most people that do drink, I mean, do they drink alcohol because it tastes good? Does hard drink and liquor, I mean, is it because it's very tasty? You know, I, I think a lot of the times they, they drink because they just, they, they want to find a way to relax. But, you know, I'm thankful that those of us who know the Lord, if we're filled with the, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. And so we don't need any of that stuff. 
But, you know, we live in a world sometimes where there is pressure, even when you work, that, hey, let's go social drinking. You have a business meeting. This is, there's a lot of pressure in China. In fact, it may determine whether you get a raise, whether you get promoted to a higher position within your company, because you're not willing to go social drinking, or you're not willing to drink during a business meeting, a staff meeting. And when you meet clients, hey, you're meeting clients here. Hey, let's drink. And there's a lot of pressure. And I'm, I'm sure it's probably no different here. But they say, hey, I'm not going to define myself. I don't need this. If I need to relax, boy, I can pray, I can sing hymns, I can be filled with God's Spirit and just rely on Him. We'll move on here. Uh, verse number 9 here, this is important. Verse number 9, uh, Daniel chapter 1. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Isn't this a wonderful verse? God, it was the Lord who had brought, uh, had brought Daniel into favor. You know, you think about this word compromise sometimes. You know, we don't need to do something bent over backwards to try to impress our supervisor or our boss. In fact, you know, Daniel was doing something completely different here. He says, King Nebuchadnezzar, I don't care what portion of meat you want to give me, I don't want it. Right? I mean, it could have been really easy to, you know, oh, let me just please you. Let me flatter you. You're such a wonderful king. I can't wait to learn the Chaldean language so I can speak in your mother language, your mother tongue, your first language. So we can get really get into some good dialogue here. You know, he didn't do any of that. He did quite the opposite. He says, the, the king's me. I don't want it. But he, as you look at this, God was the one who helped him bring him into favor with the person that he was to report to anyways was the person of the eunuchs. And you look at verse number 10, and uh, never forget that it's God that helps us to bring us in the favor with whomever we deal with on a regular basis. Amen? Amen. You know, we don't need to do anything to bend over backwards, to compromise, to try to please any of the people that we, we work with or we work for. Amen? Amen? He's the one who helps us bring us in the favor. And that's what the Lord did here in verse number 9. And verse 10, we'll continue. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king who hath appointed you meat and your drink, for why should he see your faces worse likening than the children which are of your sort? Then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. In other words, you're going to put my life at risk here. You're going to endanger my life. Because I'm supposed to obey. I have orders from the king. This is what you're supposed to eat and drink. If you refuse this, then I'm gonna, I might lose my head. But notice, notice this, the detail in verse number 10. He's, what was he afraid of? He says there, in verse number 10, right in the middle, for why should he see your faces worse likening than the children which are of your sort? What does that mean? Your sort. There, were the, there was definitely more than just Daniel, and oh, uh, forgive me, sometimes I remember the Babylonian names, <laughs> the Hebrew name. Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, right? I mean, there's, there's definitely had to be more than just the, the, the Fantastic Four here. So, you know, so there are others. So what does that mean? That there are others that, no doubt, they compromised. And when they compromised, they missed out on a lot. They missed out on God's blessings. They missed out on being used of God to see the right change happen. As he found favor in the prison of the eunuchs' eyes, you can, we'll, we'll go quickly here. Verse number 11. Then said Daniel to Melchior, whom the prison of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech you, ten days, and let, us, let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children of, that eat of the portion of the king's meat, those who compromised, and as, they, and, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants. 
So he consented to them in this manner and proved them ten days. Can you imagine that? He knew that, boy, my head is at stake. Can you imagine the influence that they had on this man who's willing to risk their lives for these four Hebrew slaves? What influence? Because he, God brought him the favor with this person of the eunuchs. Isn't that amazing? I mean, can you, can, do you expect a Gentile to risk his life? Wow, what influence. Amen. What influence. He says, okay, I'll, I'll give you ten days. And what happened at the end of ten days? They found that not, not only were they physically, they looked better, they found out they were more intelligent, a lot more intelligent. Is that right? We'll go quickly here because of timing here. Look at verse number 16. Then Melchor took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse, which was some vegetarian diet there, um, lintos and beans. And verse number 17, and as, uh, and as for these children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days, which was 10, that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. Wow. Here's the other ones who say, hey, we're going we're gonna to obey the king. And it, and it ended up, those who disobeyed the king, they're the ones that were brought before the king. Why? Because in disobeying the king, they obeyed the, the Lord, God. Amen? And this, is, this works contrary to human logic, isn't it? We're like, what? You know, I should, you know, I mean, if I do something that's completely different than what my boss wants, the governor, or I'm not, I'm not talking about rebellion here, but they say, you know, Hey, I want to obey what God clearly says from Scripture about what my diet should be. And God allowed them to find favor with the person of the eunuchs. He's willing to risk their lives for 10 days and see what's going to happen after 10 days as they ate pulse, a different diet. And at the end, they physically were a lot healthier and stronger. They had more wisdom. And they were the ones who stood before the king. Amen? And in the end here, look at verse number 20. And in all matter of wisdom and understanding, the king inquired of them. He found them ten times better than all the musicians and astrologers that were in his realm. And Daniel continued even until the first year of King uh, Cyrus. Now, we're going to uh, come to a close here. This is, just, this is amazing. Ten times. Who, who, who says that homeschool Christian education is inferior to public school education? No, inferior. It's not inferior, amen? It's not... The fear of the Lord is still the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. If they don't fear the Lord, they don't even have the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. Amen? They don't. And here's one last thought, and then we'll close. I talk about compromise, but here's, here's one thing, and I hope that, that, that the Lord will just help us remember this. And it challenges me as a parent, and now a parent of, of three, three children, the, the Lord's heritage. How do we raise our kids? What happened to these, three, these four Hebrew children? What happened to their parents? During the captivity, were the parents killed? The Bible doesn't say. But can you imagine, hear that? They weren't missionaries in a foreign land. They were taking us captives. But the godly heritage that their parents left for these four men, because they were children, that they said, we're going to be Lord to our God. It wasn't because mom and dad is going to say, "If you, hey, I'm going to discipline you. Amen? The legacy that the parents left with them, I mean, who knows? They, maybe the parents were killed. I have no idea. You know, we're, we're living in a, in, a, in, a, in a day and age where I don't think there's going to be any safe haven for Christians. This nation is becoming more sodomite friendly by the hour. 
Is that true? And, and it's, getting, it's getting to a point where you don't even know if you want to go to any public restrooms anymore. I mean, America's becoming an insane asylum and it's being run by the inmates. But you and I, we can't just keep escaping. This is not England. The pilgrims leaving the Church of England to go start find a new land. But what generation will our children grow up in? We're being held, being held captive today by a different ideology, amen? That's just the truth. But how will, you, will we raise our children for the Lord? Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for the example of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Lord, they didn't go to Babylon as missionaries. They went as slaves as captives. But we're thankful for the influence they had. We're thankful for that the person of the eunuchs was willing to risk his life so that they would eat a different diet in accordance to your law. We thank you that you had brought Daniel into favor with him. And Lord, there are times when you do allow us to bring favor with other superiors and others of political power. But then there are times when you don't. We know that many of the disciples died a martyr's death. But Lord, we trust in your sovereignty. Father, help us not to compromise. Help us to... Be determined to determine our hearts that we're not to follow ourselves. With the ideology and the, and the entertainment, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life here. Lord, I pray that you would help us to purpose in our hearts to obey the Lord. Where your word is clear, we need to obey. To prove the sincerity of our love before you. And Father, I pray that you help us in, in the raising of the next generation. Lord, uh, there's scary stories of parents that obey biblical discipline that lose their kids to, to, to the government because they believe that biblical discipline is child abuse. And yet, Lord, Daniel, I don't know what happened to Daniel's parents. I don't know what happened to his, friend, his three friends' parents. But they left a godly legacy and left a deep impression upon their hearts and lives. So they were able to take a, a firm stance in Babylon of all places, before the king and his servants. And Lord, I pray that you help us do the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Rohnert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.